Welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast. Discussing topics of personal growth, gathering stories of individuals embarked on the path to success, and most importantly, providing a platform for individuals that want to learn and grow. And now, here are your hosts, Jake Ingledew and John Mitchell. Do you have a property that is in rough condition, has tenant issues, or a project that never got finished? Then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417 217- Two nine five zero seven two three. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Growth Circle Podcast. Super excited about today's guest. We've got Anna and Taylor. I think we should swap that around. Taylor and Anna Sutherland on the podcast, and uh, I'm gonna let them give a brief bio uh, and summary of what uh, their background, what they've got going on currently, and then we will uh, start asking questions. So. Take it away, guys. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Yeah. Hey, I am. I'm Taylor Sutherland, and this is my wife, Anna. Hey, guys. And um, we have been married for so, oh so gosh, eight years in the fall. <laughs> years in the fall. And um, so we and we've got our our daughter Tinley. She's two and a half years old. Um, and she's here with us today in the studio. Here, yeah, she is here with us and her <laughs> brand new uh, puppy Milo. So you may hear some things uh, in the background, but yeah, we're, we're really like a dog and pony show walking. Yeah, we we really are. And so anyway, yeah, we um, we we met at Missouri State uh, in West Plains. Um, we went to college down there. Anna was going to nursing school. Um, I was getting my degree in general business, and so. Um, we graduated from there. Um, I finished my degree at Missouri State here in Springfield, and we lived up in Springfield for a year. Um, and so, anyway, and then we, Anna, was working at Mercy um, for three years. For three years, yeah. and we decided to come up with something to kind of get her away from Mercy, and that's kind of how um, all of our businesses kind of uh, grow grew from there. So, yeah, and it was. I mean, that that really was like a a big turning point like like I told you earlier I just told Meg I said hey let's just find something to do and so um anyway at the time it was just everyone was starting boutiques left and right so we're like okay we'll start a boutique too well now it's like six years later we have this it's a brand that it's turned into you know and so and it's funny because I remember us first talking about it and thinking about it and we when we were trying to decide on a name and we wanted a name that was kind of an umbrella, like where we mm-hmm. could branch off of it. And so, you know, like I said, it's funny now to look back and it's like, I'm glad that we did that because we have been able to really branch off. So we started with the boutique and now we have Monroe Coffee Co. And then we'll have House on the Hill. And so everything is just very like brand encompassing, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and for those who don't know, like we have Monroe House Boutique, which is um, a women's clothing boutique. Uh, And then we also have um, House on the Hill, which is a um, decor and like home goods store. Um, And then we also have Monroe Coffee Co. Um, And we started that in the fall. So it's um, in downtown Fairgrove, in the historic part of Fairgrove, um, right across from the historic Womack Mill. 
So it's a cool, cool little town, um, just 10 minutes north of Springfield. And so, um, and plus you've got two Airbnbs yes. in the works. Yeah. Right. So, uh, in Literally the works right in our backyard. Yeah. So b- behind the shops, we have a 1965 aristocrat. So, um, it is 14 foot long. It's, um, we call her the tin can Ruthie <laughs> and that is named after my, my Mima Watson. And she is an adventure seeker. She loves to camp. And so we named that after her. Um, but I totally redid the inside and painted the outside. Um, so it has kind of a vintage feel, but it's also updated also um, and kind of a, a modern boho type feel. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that is behind our shops in Fairgrove. Um, so that actually just went live last week. And nice. then we will have another Airbnb across the street from us. Um, and that will be called Millhouse on Main. And um, so that is going to be more of like a studio type historic okay. uh, Airbnb. So that will have more, a uh, little like a bathroom and like washer dryer, full kitchen. Whereas Tin Can Ruthie, she's going to be more about the experience. <laughs> That's right. awesome. You guys yeah. got a lot of stuff going on. Let's yeah. uh, let's go back to the beginning a little bit. So you were doing nursing, and you were in nursing for you said about three years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Taylor, what were you doing at this time? Um, so I was finishing out my degree um, in oh. general business at Missouri State. Oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So, so, so she, so she, she was your sugar mama. She was, a sugar, <laughs> she was a sugar mama. Well, and so that's when we first, you know, got married. It's like you're in love, and I'm like, okay, if I work my three days a week, you know, three twelve-hour shifts, then we have the rest of the time to do whatever we want to. Right. So it's like. I didn't want him working because I wanted him off uh-huh. when I was off right, too right. so that we could do things. And, you know, I, and I worked nights for two years. So it's like he got to where he would be on my schedule. So he would stay up like the nights that I worked so that then we could sleep in together and like be on a normal schedule right. or normal for us, you know. Um, but it's like we just we loved it because then we could just do what we wanted and things like that. And I don't know. So, I really, yeah, in our, in our house that we were in, it was just like – like two minutes from Mercy. So it was really close. And hindsight, I'm like, why did we sell that? I'm like, <laughs> we should have kept that as a rental. Uh-huh. But anyway. Well, especially with was, all the traveling nurses. Right. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And it was crazy. a super cute home. It was it was really close. But anyway, we we ended up doing fine on it. But um, And then we, we knew we were in town, and we knew that we didn't want to stay in town forever. So um, And we like... Um, old historic homes anyway. So we went and bought a 1908 um, home in Walnut Grove. Gotcha. So we've okay. been redoing it. So did you do the boutique on the side of doing nursing at first or did yeah. you just jump completely out of yeah. nursing? No. Um. So I did both for about a year. Wow. Um, and so we were going to shows all the time and, you know, trying to um, do everything online. And like I said, I did that for a year. And then it finally came to the point where he was out of school too. So then he started working for an electrician. So then it was like, okay, Taylor, if you can, if you can stay busy working with the electrician, like we can, we can pay our bills and I can afford to just see if the boutique will support us. And so that, I mean, that was a really big deal. And it was a big deal for like my family too. Like I remember everyone thinking like, don't quit your nursing job. Like, what are you doing? You know, I mean, I think my grandma even called people like she was worried, you know? And so... Anyway, I mean, it was just one of those things, though, that I was so ready that it didn't it didn't matter. Like, it was going to work. What mindset you know? went into that? Because, I mean, nursing, that's pretty good money. And, and you like you said, you were having already opposition. People like going, what the heck are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Leaving a good-paying, secure job. Right. So yeah. what, like, helped 
push you? I know obviously it sounded like time and freedom was a motivator in that, mm-hmm. but what did you have to do to make that happen? I mean, it, it really just came down to a point of where it was like, okay, like it's, it's now or never, like we just have to do it, you know? And if, if Taylor would have still been in school, like I wouldn't have done that, you know, but we knew, um, you know, we, that we, we can stretch a dollar from like here to Tennessee, I swear, you know, so we, we knew what we had to do, you know, to make things happen. And we didn't have a lot of debt or anything like that. So as long as he could stay working, then I knew that I would do whatever it took to make the boutique work because I didn't want to have to go back to the hospital. You know, I mean, like the last Christmas that I worked there, I had to float on Christmas day. So it's like my floor didn't need me. They had me come in anyway, and they sent me to a different part of the hospital. So it's like, I didn't know anybody I had to take care of all of these patients that it just was like, I, I can't do this, right. you know? And so that for me, I mean, it still drives me to this day that it's like, I can't go back. I mean, I have my degree and it's like, if I ever need it, I can go back to it. And if it came down to it, you know, I, I would do that because I'm not going to make my family starve, right. you know, or anything like that. Um, but it's something that I want to have and not have to use. How did you start your business? I mean, did you do a lot of research going into it or did you just kind of do like off the wall and just say, I'm doing it, I'll figure it out along the way? So Meg, my sister, is she is definitely like the researcher, the planner, the thinks about things. And Taylor's kind of like that too. Like they have to stew on things. And I'm like, I just want to figure it out as I go. Like, right. I don't want to read an instruction manual. I don't want to. So you're the you're research. the vision. You're the visionary. Like, I just go for it. You know. And we we have to figure out how to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. Gotcha. So it's like when like she's not the instruction reader. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm like. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. yeah. She's like, let's just do it. You know, I'm like, well, stop you talking know, about it. Yeah. <laughs> or if I go to build something, I have to like build it in my head first mm-hmm. to right. figure out how I'm going to do it. And I could and, have already had it built by the time you thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> or so she says. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because like. Every business um, has like an implementer and then the visionary and the visionaries are more like fire from the hip. Let's go uh, just pull the trigger kind of mindset. It seems like, and then the implementer is usually more like detail oriented and like, well, wait a minute. What about this game plan? Like this, this, this. So it's just kind of an interesting dynamic. Well, and I feel like we do flip flop back and forth. Sometimes it changes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. And it, it is strange because it's not like on. It just kind of depends Again, on what we're doing. Based, yeah. yeah, totally project based. Sometimes I'll be like the big thinker, and mm-hmm. um, she'll be like, "What in the world?" You know? <laughs> yeah, like he'll he'll say something, and then yeah, I I will just think like, "You are have lost your ever loving mind." <laughs> and then then about a year later, like it takes me about a year sometimes on things, and then I'm like. Huh, you know, what if we did this? And he's like, I literally told you that already. <laughs> like, I'm like, we could have been a year this. into it by yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. So I feel like we go back and forth. But I mean, that's everything we do, we do together. I mean, even Tinley needs us the same amount all the time. Like, it's not like she's a mama's girl or a daddy's girl. Like, it's the same. That must right. be nice. All, and, both my kids are mama's kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and we do, we just do everything together. And then, then like I said, you have Meg too. And so we're, I just feel like we're this strong entity, but it's because of the three of us. Cool. I've got to ask you. So a lot of people say like partnerships aren't a good idea. And me and Jake, we like partnerships and stuff. What's mm-hmm. your guys' take on it? Has there been any struggles having like family involved, partnered three ways? How's that worked out? Well, Taylor, definitely. Yeah. Because it's like, 
Anna and Meg a lot of times are on the same page. Look, or they come they're from bullies. Meg and I were sisters. Say it, Taylor. They're yeah. bullies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Help. No. It... It has, I mean, it's, it's like, it's a relationship, you mm-hmm. know, it's not always been easy. Um, it's not always been fun. It's been up and it's been down, mm-hmm. but we've really figured out our dynamic at this point. Yeah. Um, and there were some years where that was hard to figure out, especially because Meg and Anna are sisters and I am the husband outsider. and <laughs> yeah. And the brother-in-law, the outsider. So I come from a totally different way of thinking. Uh-huh. So a lot of times on situations, they may have some different of opinions, but they're still coming from, they were, they were raised the same way. Their, their thought process is the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the weirdo out here in left field <laughs> coming from a different uh, which is sometimes it's good to have that opposition so it you is. have that struggle and conversation it is, it is good and then well and so then then throwing Meg in the mix too because he and I can be on two ends of the field and then you have Meg who's like okay here here's where we can meet in the middle <laughs> you know so it really is a, a good a good dynamic um and they say like a strand of three is not easily broken yeah and that's that's kind of what we've experienced because We've, the you three know, of us have been through a lot. Yeah, if it yeah. was just Together. one yeah. or two of us, like we probably would have been we burned have out by now. Out. Gotcha. But it's like because of the other two, you know, we kind of stick it out through those tough times, and that's you know how we're able yeah. to still be here. Yeah, or if one is down, the other two pick up the slack. Gotcha. Right. You know? Yeah. And that that I think is invaluable. I mean, because like I said, we all can't be on all the time, or you know, you do have these stretches where you run for a while and then right. you're tired. And so that's where, I mean, like Meg and Taylor come in for me clutch all the time because they're just, they're just there, you know? Um, so t- tell us the process of like the startup, like what did that look like with the boutique? Did you start on as an online uh, boutique? Did you go straight to brick and mortar? Yeah. Tell us like what that journey looked like. Yeah. So that, um, it's like, gosh, looking back on it now, like what a long process it's been, but yeah, starting out, um, we were just online And so, oh my, funny story. Like whenever we first were like, okay, we're going to do this. Well, then there was a clothing show in Kansas City, which should have like told us something, but we're like, hey, we're in this business. Let's go to the show. (laughs) Okay. So the three of us, we drive up there. And it was, it was supposed to be a buying trip. Yes. Yeah. So we were going to buy inventory, right? right? Because we needed inventory to sell. And so we go up to Kansas City and it is like a bunch of old people, like selling (laughs) clothes, like old stuff that was like not our not our jam at all but taylor's like well we just drove all this way like you guys are going to talk to people well because we... they are both not like sometimes they can be outgoing but sometimes they're like hermits you know well uh-huh. especially six years ago yeah you know? and so these all these vendors have tables set up uh-huh. and they're you know like watching us walk by and they would not Anna and they would not <laughs> talk to anyone i'm like listen we have to buy something we have to talk to them you know uh-huh. and i think we ended up buying like 75 dollars worth of like fringe vests or something yeah. it, <laughs> it was not worth it but that was not our market either and then yeah. then mm-hmm. after that we kind of got more familiar with how all that was supposed to work and then we would go down to dallas about twice a year mm-hmm. um, to do a lot yeah of i've heard ordering. there's a big one down there that mm-hmm. you can, yeah yeah Yeah. And so anyway, we just, we started online and we would order things and, you know, they would come in and, oh my gosh, like our pictures too, they were so bad, you know, but it's like, you just don't know when you're starting, like how bad it really is until you look back. And so we started online and we, um, then we would go to shows all the time and, um, Meg had her son. And so Meg and Boone would go with us on the road and we would still travel. And then it was like, 
we did that for a long time and then it finally got to where we, and we had, did a lot of shows we yeah taylor and i spent a lot of time out on the road and um going to set up at like craft fairs junk shows festivals like you name it we would set up a booth there and so then tinley came along and then it was like okay we don't travel or we don't want to travel or we don't travel as well as we used to <clears throat> and so we're like what if what if what if we just put down roots somewhere you know because we had had our clothing in a booth in fairgrove and we'd always done well in fairgrove and so the fairgrove festival was coming up and so we thought which the fairgrove festival is like the super bowl for fairgrove yeah, <laughs> like really everyone gets everybody comes out of the woodworks yes. <laughs> yeah it's a huge event and so um we just thought well because we knew we couldn't get into the fairgrove festival because everything has to be handmade right and we don't we mm. order our clothes we don't make anything so we're like we'll just rent out a building for the weekend. So <laughs> instead of a booth, we rented out a whole building for the weekend. Uh-huh. And it was great because we're like, oh my gosh, we have a place to put everything. And we love the look of it. It was on the hill, like all the things, right? Well, then we just kind of never left. It was like, <laughs> it it just felt right. It was where we needed to be. Tinley was 10 days old. And we're like, we just want to stay here, you know? And so... Then we did a couple more shows after that. And then, like, I think doing the shows again, like, solidified, like, we need a place to just come and be every day where we can just close the door. Like, we don't have to pack up all the time. Right. And so, anyway, it was like we rented out the building, and that's been it'll be three years ago in the fall and but we just last and then left. last year we ended up buying the buildings that we're in oh yeah. cool which are three units and yeah. that's cool. how we were able to expand so we moved the boutique into one of the middle units and then opened the coffee shop where the boutique used to be uh-huh and so and that's how we've been able to and then expand. what's in the third unit so it's like home decor um ice awesome. cream we have meat i mean like We'll sell anything. Yeah. We just never know yeah. what we'll <laughs> gotcha. sell. Um, so the third building is is just like lots of gifty items and uh-huh. things like that. Yeah, and home decor. And we've got ice cream factory, um, ice cream and local Missouri beef. Oh, cool. That's a lot of like local. So are you guys still stores. doing online sales too? Or are you now solely brick and mortar? So we still do online. Um, okay. But it is like not what it used to be. Gotcha. Just because the brick and mortar is it's so much easier. Gotcha. To, you know. Okay. Um, and we have the traffic that comes in all the time and stuff like that. So do so most of your sales come from, from the brick, brick and mortar? mortar then mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's I'm kind actually of, kind of surprised on that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a hybrid, though, too, because we can't, you know, like, you can still survive as a brick and mortar uh-huh. in, in these times, but it has to be different than it used to be. Right. You can't just show up, unlock your door, and then just sit around and wait. Right. There's a lot of online marketing and advertising and they then people drawing people there. right right yeah. so even though most of our sales come from brick and mortar a lot of those people are driven because via facebook online. or online you know gotcha. like I, that i have yeah. two questions for you uh are you guys outsourcing your marketing or are you doing it in-house and then my mm-hmm. follow-up question is going to be uh how did COVID affect you guys during uh yeah. That's All what this. I was getting ready to ask, too, because yeah. you guys were probably getting your building right as COVID was starting, yeah. didn't yeah. you? Yeah, so yeah. we moved in in September, and then COVID hit, like, the following March. Wow. And so we were, um, we did, we were closed for a period of time. Wow. Um, and so, once again, like, we are, we're pretty optimistic, um, and sometimes to the point of, like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> like, you guys, you know. Um, 
so instead of like just being closed and like hanging out at the house and all of that, we use that time to like totally remodel our store nice. because it's like, when else are you going to be closed for a month? And so when we first moved into our buildings, like it was like brown trim, brown yucky carpet, like it was so dark in there uh-huh. and scary looking. And so like I said, when COVID, when we had to close, we're like, we're going to remodel the store. So we put in lights, we repainted, we put in new flooring. Like we totally used that time to revamp our store so that whenever we reopened, then it was like so exciting for people to right. walk in wow. and see a brand new store. Like a grand opening. Yes. Reopening. Yeah. yeah. So did, just out of curiosity, did you guys ever consider uh, doing like pickup delivery type stuff? Like where people can order online mm-hmm. or like through Facebook live or whatever, and uh-huh. then you dropped it off to them or they could pick it up or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. And we did, we did that and we were still shipping packages. And oh, okay. Like that. Gotcha. But yeah, we would have like porch delivery where we could, you know, you could pull up and we would run it. Cool. So you guys car. were still getting sales mm-hmm. even with the remodeling. Even we were remodeling. That's cool. Yeah. So typically with us, like uh, with the months, January is slow. Like they call it the J months. Uh-huh. So January, June, July are pretty slow. Um, but that summer was definitely one of the, the busiest summers that we've had really, uh, mm-hmm. in comparison. Yeah. Wow. Just because like you guys were closed for that amount of time because of COVID and then when it- well, and people's shopping habits changed, yeah, it was, it was, like, it was weird. It was really weird. They started yeah. getting stimulus money and they're like, I got to spend it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what like, it's hard to compare numbers because like 2020 and 2021, are just so unusual, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, it's hard whenever you're comparing, like, you know, your numbers now, really you needed to compare the numbers, like, before the pandemic. You gotcha. Know, because those two years were just really weird. Are you seeing more revenue now, this year, than you were last year? Has it picked up any, or is it about the same? Um, I would say it's pretty looked. close, but um, the past few years, like, every year has been gradually uh, better. A little yeah. bit better. Yeah, gotcha. a little bit better. So um, you're, you're still growing yes cool well and then so and it's hard to like even just talk about the boutique too because we've opened up the coffee shop now yeah and so that totally is like yeah how did that come about dynamic yeah so that was that was total god thing thing. was that the second business yeah yeah okay Mm -hmm. yeah so we just so at the time in um so one of the other airbnbs that we were going to have um i used to have a monthly furniture market there so I would redo um, and resell vintage and antique furniture. Um, so I was open the second Saturday of each month there, and we would have a lot of people that would come in and say, like "Fairgrove was like definitely like a destination town, you gotcha, know, like a yeah. big little day trip for right. people." Yeah. Yeah. People would come up from Springfield, Ozark, Nixa, Republic, and they would say, "Man, this town really needs a coffee shop," because it was about like the ten o'clock hours uh-huh. when I would be open. And this town needs a coffee shop. This town over needs a coffee and shop. Over and over again. So we're like, okay, well, like business 101 is like you find a need and then you fill that need. Yeah. So we're like, okay, that's, you know, we can see the potential there, but we're not coffee drinkers. We're not coffee connoisseurs. Like uh-huh. we know nothing about the coffee like shop business. business. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it was the business aspect that interested us. But we're like, okay, God, if this is what we're supposed to do, like we need some signs here. We need you to like slap us in the face with these signs. Hit us over the head. Yeah. And he did. did. Like one thing after another. (laughs) To where it was like, we just could not deny that this is what we were supposed to do. Right. And then it kind of just became our mission. Like it was, it was really reassuring because we felt like we had been given the signs. 
Um, and we just knew that's what we were supposed to do. And right. by golly, like even at times where it was hard, that's it, we didn't have a choice. Like Be, yeah. we did have to see it through. Because that's, and, and it was hard. It was hard to decipher like when you've been asked to do something, but then you get pushback or mm-hmm. adversity from people that like you, you, you know, you thought were friends or neighbors uh-huh. or, you know, all of the stuff that, that you're like, okay, did I, did I read that wrong? Is this mm-hmm. not what we're supposed to be doing? Right. Like, because I, I don't, we are not one to make riffs with people. Like we want to just get along and make everything better. And not everyone looks at it that way. Yeah. You know, people get very jealous or they get, you know, just all of these things. Oh, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's not necessary. But I also that usually think means when, you're on the right track when you're having opposition. I think oh, so. Well, you know, like when you I didn't feel like that man. <laughs> when you have um, when something has been a certain way for so long, and then you have people come in that are young that are making things happen, and it's like it's like vibrating with this thing called like success uh-huh. or or change, and you know people it sometimes scares it scares people. people. Yeah, yeah, especially, and I hate to say it, but. In these rural areas, there's a lot of baby boomers that do not like change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that causes a lot of rifts sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, now with it being open, like the community has totally supported us. The town did need a coffee shop. People were looking for something like that. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's been, it's been good. I mean, it's been a change for us because with the boutique, we've always just had to work it ourselves. We've not really had any employees. The coffee shop has been totally different because we knew that we didn't want to be the ones there we at 6 a.m. Do, do you it. have a dr- is it walk-in or drive-through? Both. 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 Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so anyway, we've had to. The margins work. are pretty good on that. They are, um, but we have to deal, you know, with volume. Mm, yeah. And so, like, the margins are good, but again, the numbers have to be there. Gotcha. Well, and that, yeah. So that is the thing too. I mean, you can like totally work your butt off and you'll be like man we have crushed it today and then it's like 300 bucks in sales (laughs) you know and you're like i have worked this hard for this much yeah whereas the the boutique because you're you're dealing with bigger amounts of money like at one top could be like 50 dollars. right so it doesn't whereas it takes a lot of cups of coffee to make 50 dollars. you know right so that that was a big adjustment for us in the beginning was like feeling like we were slammed at the coffee shop to to see it like our money at the end of the day. You I'm going gonna, gonna to go back to that question too. Is like, are you guys doing the marketing inside or in-house? Or are you mm-hmm. guys outsourcing it? Mm-hmm. or? We, we have outsourced it, especially for the boutique. Uh-huh. Um, at one at, point. At times, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's not like consistent, consistent yeah. Or we just ha- always have one person do it. It's, well, gotcha. We outsourced it and then done it ourselves. I have also. the best marketing guy. I will talk to you guys about him after okay. the podcast. Be good. Okay. Well, because what I, I mean, I feel like what we have found too um, is nobody cares about your business as much as you do, you yep. know? And so I think that's something that we struggle with too. I mean, because the three of us, we have had to do it all ourselves for so long. We are mm-hmm. such doers uh-huh. and we know how we want things a certain way. And because it's like, we're all married or related, like it just, we're all on the same page. Right. So then it's hard for us to delegate things because it's like the other person can't read our mind. It's yeah. not their fault, you know, but we know how we want things yeah. done or stuff like that. So that has been a big so you learning guys, curve for us. Are you guys too. in the process of like building out systems to try to automate more of this stuff so that you can kind of take off some more hats and kind of. Yes. that work. That's the goal, yeah. you know? And, um, and that's why like going into it with the coffee shop, we wanted to do it different to where we had an employee handbook. We have mm-hmm. those systems in place where things get done and we're not having to micromanage, right. you know? 
Um, yeah, and create lists to make sure things are getting done. Right. And that we're not the ones over there like, you know, behind somebody's back and be like, oh, well, you know, checking to see if things are done or not. Right, like, right. If it's on the list, you can have it done. Right. Well, because, too, we're very much... Um, where you know what whatever needs to be done just do it uh-huh because we've like I said just been it's been the three of us and so whenever like I said you have other people that come on they don't know what needs to be done and it's yeah. not their fault but this is not their business they didn't right. create that so us like we had to learn to be better about explaining what we wanted done or having those lists and the employee handbook and all of that so that they they had a fair chance too of knowing what their expectations sure, were. Yeah. You know, because we've got high expectations, but if you don't know what they are, <laughs> you know, I mean, we don't want to set somebody up to fail. Yeah. It always comes back to, we talk about this quite a bit, but I don't know if you guys have read the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. He's a Navy SEAL commander. Anyways, he's kind of like a business guru now, but uh, he, he talks about everything's your fault. Like, anything in like your business, your life or whatever, it's don't make excuses. It's not anybody else. It's always your fault. Mm-hmm. I think that's the hardest part though, with, as an entrepreneur is letting go of the control mm-hmm. and oh, originating sure. and delegating some of that stuff so that you can have more freedom. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of times that's why we even got into the business to begin with is for the time and the freedom. Mm-hmm. But then we're still stuck so much in the business that we can't step back and work on it. Yeah, right. for yeah. sure. And that's, that's kind of honestly where, where the real estate for me has kind of kicked in uh-huh. is because we have for the past six years been so involved with everything that we've done. And, you know, like it's, it's time for us, Anna and I to, to get to the next level, to yeah. make more money passively. Yeah. And that is, you know, in the fall, I read rich dad, poor dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great and that's book. That like, will change your life. <laughs> oh yeah. And that it has, it has changed my perspective. I was never raised to be like working for the man type of person. Um, it was always, you know, like be savvy and like buy and sell type of things, but mm-hmm. it was never really real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, I, for some reason, I always thought like real estate was a real estate agent. Yeah. And that's kind of the extent to it. Right. I was never exposed to the investing side of it and like the possibilities of that. And so um, I don't even know how I came across Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but I, I, I bought it off of Amazon and I read it and it was like, it was a total, it was just a mind shift. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I was, I was kind of doing some of the things and I just didn't know kind of what it was called or, but how I looked at things, you right. know, like yeah. if it doesn't put money in your pocket, then it's not an asset, yep. you know, like your house is not an asset. Like it doesn't put, it takes money out. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what got the ball rolling on the real estate side is I'm like, I've, we've got to figure out a way to, to where we can make more money, but make it more passive right instead of like literally working for every single dollar that we have so and that's so and, and then to, you know talk about another god thing i was looking at properties left and right um a lot of them are on the mls which right now is you know you're not going to find a deal on on that hardly. far and few between yeah and so um but i was analyzing a lot of deals and I was thinking, I'm like, hey, you know, and I joined a Facebook group, um, like like a paid mentorship on Facebook. Um, and he was more um, into Airbnbs. And so I'm like, okay, maybe I'll kind of go down that path. And then we had, so I was I was looking at homes on the MLS and like you can, you know, spend $150,000 on a home and it might rent out for 70 to 120 or so a night. Mm-hmm. Well, then we had this couple come into the shop from uh, Montana. Mm-hmm. And so random. Yeah, so another God thing. Um, and they rented out vintage campers. And they were saying like what they got for them. 
Well, I mean, you can even spend $30,000 on an Airstream and uh-huh. get 70 to 125 a night. And you're only out the cost of the Airstream instead of going through the whole process of buying a home and right. reno and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm like, okay, well, I can do that. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. And so that's kind of how I got started on that path. Um, so anyway, so now we have that, the camper. Um, and then if it doesn't work out behind our shops, I'll just move it somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it, it's an actual, like, uh, it, it's not like a tiny home. It's an actual, like, camper. It's like, an actual camper. On wheels. Yes. On wheels. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's doing pretty good? Or you haven't gotten it up and running yet? Well, we, we just went live. We literally moved it in by hand behind the shops, like, a few days ago. Really? The, once again, the three amigos, we're, like, <laughs> lifting and pulling on a vintage camper. Oh, that's so funny. pea gravel behind our shop. And nice. it was... Oh my gosh, like now I hope it stays there for a very long time before we have equipment to get it out <laughs> yeah. the next time. But yeah, but I'm still very new. Like the, the first Airbnb just went live last week. Awesome. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm still very new to all that. Yeah, that's awesome though. Are you listing those yourself? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or so, I mean, I mean through Airbnb, but it's it's myself. Yeah. Gotcha. And, you, and you'll be managing those too You'll as be well. The property yeah. manager gotcha. For a little bit. At least. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, and I've got you know I've I didn't want to be the person cleaning it every uh-huh. time, and that's kind of like going. I wanted to approach this differently. I'm like I don't have to do everything. Yep. I'm I, I'm not. I will do what I have to do, but I don't want to be the one cleaning. Um, and preparing for the next guest or anything like that. And so I wanted to outsource the things that mattered. Um, and so right now I'm managing and I will be managing both properties, but it's like, if it gets to a point, then I need to pass that over so I can go on to the next deal. Right. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So at this point with everything you guys got going on so mm-hmm. far, like the boutique is still your like baby or you kind of starting to really like this coffee shop. Yeah. So the, the boutique <clears throat> is still how we draw our paycheck. Gotcha. You know? Um, the, the coffee shop like self sustains and it takes care of itself, but it's like at the end of the day, the boutique is still the one like paying my mortgage and things like that. So, um, but I mean, we all, and then we, we also have a health coaching business too. (laughs) That's a whole nother. I I seen in the bio that you were talking about, that you'd like to talk about health and wellness. Yeah. Maybe we can briefly talk about that real quick too. How do you, how do you, you guys truly are serial entrepreneurs. Oh, You guys sound like us almost. Yeah, and how do you have a health coaching uh, business and a coffee shop at the same time? <laughs> yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, that is just another source of income, and you know, and Taylor buys and sells things. So we just, you know, like to have several ways of producing revenue. Uh-huh. Um, because again, in retail, I mean, it is up and down, and so, like I said, we we're just hustlers. So it's like whatever it takes to make it. Yeah. Like, then we're gonna, you know, pull up our bootstraps and just do it. So. That's why, I mean, you just never know what we're going to be doing, <laughs> Nice, but we're making it. I'm not, I'm not at the hospital. So. I like it. Yeah. I like it. We, we, uh, we're kind of like that too. Cause I, I've got the pest control business. We started mm-hmm. a lawn mowing business. We've got the <laughs> podcast, we've got real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows what else is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, no so we get it. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Um, well, and that's like you, other people don't get it. Like if you're an, if you're an entrepreneur, like you get it, uh-huh. you know? but I think a lot of people like, again, they think that we're nuts. You know, oh, but, I get it all the time. People are like, I kind of feel like I'm nuts. We kind of just like do stuff until something hits. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, again, because you're probably like overly optimistic. Yeah. You know, you're like, it's going to be fine. But <laughs> like for me, it's like, you know, you can see the opportunity. Yeah. And the potential. Right. And that's like kind of how we are too. Like we can see the potential in things a lot. You know, like listen for an instance, like old places, like 
we drive by an old place that is probably, you know, like 50 years way past due. It's being like taken over by the weeds or whatever. But it's like, oh my goodness, like we see such potential yep. in that. And like we would, we would, like us. we would love to yeah. that than like a new house. We're like, man, know? if you just did this, this, that could be a really Walk cool place. Walk into it and it has like cat pee and yeah. or, dirty and, and you're like, mm, smells like money. Yeah. yeah. And then you walk into like a new place and you're like, I just don't even know what I would do with this. You know, like, so we are really good at seeing the potential in Mm -hmm. things and that excites us. And that's what I think excites us about business also, um, is that, you know, there are so many things I'm like, man, we could, we could do this, you know? And we're like, okay, simmer down for a second, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, we see the opportunity. And we, I feel like we've accepted that now. I mean, for a long time, we wrestled with that Mm -hmm. and like, what's what is wrong with us like why do we want to do all of the things like why Uh can't we just pick something and just be really good at it yeah you know like why can't we just do that like be really good at something make it solid and it's like at the end of the day like we're just not wired like that yeah you know and so that that took me a long time to not feel guilty yeah. for being wired that way, yeah. you know, and thinking that there was something wrong with us. But you know, the saying a jack of all trades is a master of none. Yeah. Okay. So we're definitely like a jack of all trades, <laughs> but I just recently found out the other part yeah. of the quote that they don't yes. say. Yes. Yeah. yes. So jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of, of one. one. So yep. I'm like, well, who was a sorry sucker that took out the, the second part of that? Yeah. That would have made me feel a lot better, you know. I, I, well, and it's what's really cool is if you get really good at systems, you can get really good at like originating stuff, delegating stuff. So then, like your other shiny objects that you see that are like, oh, that's an opportunity too. Like you don't have to be the one to running it. Like our mowing business, we don't run it. Like we've got guys that run it. They've got equity in the company. They mm-hmm. took it off and ran, but like we got it up and going in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because we built out the systems so they can just do it have it and go yeah it sounds like you guys kind of like me and jake like we kind of fall in love with like envisioning like what the business would be Mm -hmm. it sounds like you guys are kind of the same like you can you can see it yeah like like the houses you guys are talking about like the old houses like it's nicer than the new ones because like you see it and you just kind of envision what it's going to be and then you go in and just make it happen yeah Uh so yeah i can i can literally like see it in my head like what something will look like or how it will be yeah. Mm-hmm. So how I, we want it. Yeah. yeah. What What do you think has led to your success so far? If you can narrow it down to like one or two principles of things that you've done, uh, what would you say? I, I kind of already have one in mind that just immediately comes to mind from just us talking, but like I would just be curious to see what you guys would say about that. I think, I mean, just our like our scrappiness or like our resilience um, that it's like no matter what, like we figure out a way to make it into a good situation or. Um, go ahead, Taylor. Yeah, just just being savvy and always like, you know, there's always more than one way to skin a cat, they say. And that is so the truth. Like, you know, we talk about like you can have a birthing plan, you know, like, you know, when Anna had Tinley, like she was supposed to be, you know, like just the normal type of of pregnancy. And then we went in there and Tinley was breached and then we had to have emergency Mm C-section. So it's like we could have planned all day long how how things, how it was going to go and it wouldn't have mattered. So I feel like that's how almost everything is in life. Um, you can have plans and ideas for how things are going to go, but, um, you just have to be savvy and figure things out when things don't go your way. Tinley, what do you think? We got Tinley here. What do you think? Tinley, you want to say something? You want to say something? Are you going to work at the coffee (laughs) shop or the boutique someday? Are you going to own it? 
She's just looking <laughs> at the mic. <laughs> she was thinking about saying something until you asked her. Yeah. So you just kind of feel like your re- your resilience and willingness to like try try yeah. new things and just yeah. to pivot and to know? pivot. Yeah, like when things aren't going your your way or not as planned, pivot, mm-hmm. and figure out another way yeah. to get to where you want to go. But also, like having each other, that you know, like we've been able to to be here and make it this far because of each other. Mm-hmm. Well, because Meg. Meg is the one that she has the stick to itness. You know, Taylor and I are always like chasing the next thing, you know, and then like Meg is like that daily solid driver. Yeah. You know, so she's like, focus, focus. Yeah. Like Meg, <laughs> Meg is one too. Like you're not going to see her. Like she wouldn't do a podcast. She's not going to be on the Facebook lives yeah. and all of that. But like, man, like she deserves so much credit. Yeah. Because like she is, she's there, you know? Yep. Um, so anyway, it it is just neat. Like it, I'm just so like proud and thankful for our friendship too. That yeah. the three of us mm-hmm. have. Yeah. You know. I can I can feel the emotion when you say that. Yeah. So I know you mean it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So if you were to give some advice to anybody wanting to either start a business or maybe specifically a boutique, mm-hmm. what kind of advice would you give them? Um. Some things you wish you would have known at the beginning, or or anything like that. Oh shoot. <laughs> um. I would say like just get started. You know, like. Yeah. Um, you can you can figure out like you can do all your research you can do all of your education um, but at some point you've got to get started and it's not going to be perfect you don't have to be perfect but you have to get started right what do they say it's like you don't have to be perfect to get started but to get started like I may have just totally but (laughs) (laughs) you know I never mind it's all it's all good I I think it was um, it might have been Hugh Carnahan that said this uh but I, I he probably got it from a book or whatnot but like what's one thing that you know how to do that you could do right now then you accomplish that then what's the mm-hmm. next thing that you know how to do that you can do right now mm-hmm. uh kind of approach because um, i think people just get overwhelmed with starting a business well yeah and it it is it is easy to get overwhelmed mm-hmm. or even i mean even us with with starting projects um because that's what like taylor wants to build it in his mind and so he wants to see it finished and I'm like, let's just get started because yeah. you do, you, you just kind of figure it out as yeah. you go. And so, and even I think sometimes when you get into something, then you realize it's not as hard as what you thought it was, or you were making it out to be in yeah. your mind, you yeah. know? but you just, you've got to just get in there. It's kind of like when you're shooting a gun um, and you're looking at your target, you, you look at your target, right? So you have a complete view of what it looks like, mm-hmm. but then you have to narrow in on the site at the end of the gun and the, the target is in the blurry kind of blurry mm-hmm. in the background right. so you mm-hmm. still got to keep your eye on like the big goal but you got to kind of narrow like your focus, focus on like yeah. what can i like what's right in front of me sort of right yeah. so yeah. Mm-hmm. i feel like that's what's tough for like entrepreneurs too mm-hmm. is like just seeing it through till that end kind of sometimes you know because mm-hmm. something else pops up and it catches your attention and then you kind of have to focus back in and mm-hmm. and you know realize what's going on mm-hmm. yeah john gave me a hard time because we so uh I was really focusing on real estate for a little bit there and then I kind of lost focus on it mm-hmm. because we started this lawnmower business and I was like narrowed in on that mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> and we got it up and running but he was like, man, what happened to you? Like you, you're not doing real estate anymore and then so I just all of a sudden went right back into real yeah. estate and I like bought up three properties like within a few days just because you like the reminder like back hey. to being focused mm-hmm. but yeah. I, i'm so yeah. much like that though jump around i'm like oh what about this oh uh-huh. what about this that's so. kind of the cool thing about systems too like what jake was talking about so jake's the one who got me on to doing like systems and processes mm-hmm. and i love building stuff like i have a construction business mm-hmm. i like building and so i also like technology so when it came to like building the systems like i can imagine like what my in like 
system, like how everything would operate, but now it's just like that, how do I build that? And it's like, I love the figuring it out. Like that's the, that's the intriguing part is trying to like, how can I make this? It's like work? problem solving. Like building, yeah. Yeah, yeah, problem solving and building that. What's really cool about John's story, and we're not here to talk about John's story, but like people I've hear it all the time, you can't systematize a construction business and you hear all these guys that are like still swinging a hammer. Mm-hmm. Dude, John does not swing a hammer at all. And he owns a construction business mm-hmm. and it's running and going smoothly and, and mm-hmm. stuff. So it's I actually just thought of, about that with like the coffee business. Like, like I feel like there's so many types of different like coffees and so many different ingredients. Like the first thing I thought of is, man, that would be like a lot to systematize. But then you just, I don't know. I feel like once I feel like it would be something that's sort of easy to systematize, but mm-hmm. at the same time be tricky. But like then you see like Starbucks or Seven, well, and that's why yes, that's why like, those people franchise yeah. because once you have it figured out, then you can just it's repetition. Right. You can do yeah. it over and over. I think again. it's so fun. Like the figuring it out is is the uh, fun part. How was that process figuring out like your menu? Because I mean, good night. There's so many <laughs> drinks you could yeah. have. So a lot of that is marketing, and that's what like people don't even realize because uh-huh. it's not this complicated thing that people make it out to be mm-hmm. um it just sometimes college like, does that too by the right? way it, it makes <laughs> it complicated right. i know because i was going to school for business never finished and they complicated everything yeah. yeah so it's not as complicated as it seems um i mean we found our our roaster is here in springfield um john with brick and mortar and um so he was the one that i mean really helped a lot and like came in and showed us like okay, here's how you need to set up your bar and, you know, that sort of thing. And then here's how you, here's how you make a latte and all of that stuff. And nice. so, like I said, there's a lot of marketing behind that, that it overcomplicates it, you know, right. to where. There's a lot of, like, you can have two different, two different drinks um, with the same ingredients, but they're called different things because right. you've so put in. The order that it's put in. Yeah, the order is different. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So, um, it's crazy. you know, people are like, well, should I order a macchiato or, or a, a latte? latte? And we're like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> that's cool. Do you want your espresso yeah. in there first or later? <laughs> well, yeah, so. and that's what, like, yesterday we had a lady come in that she always, she orders a caramel macchiato. And she's like, I always have to stir it. And I said, if you order a latte, we would stir it for you. And, then, <laughs> and so you can still have your caramel macchiato, but it, just order a caramel latte yeah. and we'll stir it for you. Then you won't have to stir it. Was well, yeah. it hard figuring out your pricing, like getting started, like... Did you think, like, did you start off with lower prices and raise it as you started, or did you just start off right there and run with it? Yeah. Yeah. So far, we have. Yeah, um, we started We started like that because, like, the first day that we opened was the first day of the Fairgrove Festival. Nice. So we had a limited menu. Perfect but, way to test drive oh, this God. thing. Oh, Baptized by fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Sure. Love it. <laughs> like, we had our first day hoping we had, like, a line out the door the whole day. You know, <laughs> we're like, oh, awesome. my gosh. Um, but... Like, you know, so a lot of people think like, oh, Starbucks is bad for the small coffee or whatever. And, you know, I don't know, maybe it is in some places, but for us, we're able to charge what we can charge because of Starbucks. Yeah. They have set the coffee standard Standard. Yeah, and we're able to do what we do and serve what we serve because of Starbucks. And so it's like, I don't know. Do we want to provide better coffee or better customer service? Yes. But as far as like the cost and people's expectations, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like I don't, I don't have anything bad to say about them, yeah. or or any other business. Like I we, wouldn't want them to move next like door, that. but yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. even that's what that's what's even crazy though, because like you can take a, I love big powerhouse because like with my pest control business, they're a dime a dozen, and you've got big num- companies that everybody knows about, Terminex, Orkin, right, mm-hmm. uh, and there's some local ones that are big that people know about, but 
even if they're right next door, it's like as long as you do something 1% better, like what's one thing that you can do a little bit better than these people and you're e- yeah. it's easier to pivot when you're smaller mm-hmm. that sometimes you can really take on these big companies without them like right. just going under the radar. Next thing you know, you're just, you're killing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's cool. Um, let's jump into uh, our, the last segment of the podcast. There's so much more I feel like we could talk about. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to go to before we jump into the last segment, John? No, I thought we hit it all pretty good. Cool. Cool. We might have to have you guys back on once you're yeah. done with the Airbnbs and yeah. see how that's going. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to go to our what we call the final three where we ask uh, three additional questions. Um, and if you, you need your summary here, I've, oh, I've got yeah, it. <laughs> uh, so the first question is um, – What's the most recent book you've read and what's one thing you learned from it? So Taylor answered yeah, that so one. Mine, yeah, so <laughs> Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, that was also a big step for me because that's probably the first book that I've read since, well, maybe like College. elementary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but anyway, yeah, so it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I read that in the fall. And it was, like I said, it was, oh, man, just so many good things. But it really changed my mindset of how to look at assets and liabilities and how to build your assets and just kind of stuff like that and then it, it just well, kind of opened my set you into motion too on some things like because yeah, like you, it... you realize some of the what you thought were assets were actually liabilities and it mm-hmm. yeah. you know then he's like okay gotta get rid of those and i'm like okay this is good <laughs> yeah. this is really good yeah i've known people that have taken it to like an extreme level they're like well my car doesn't make me any money so they're like we'll lease out their car just so it makes some money but then use mm-hmm. it when they need it just mm-hmm. crazy I, stuff yeah, like that i almost did that <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i'm like you know what we just yeah. we got new car vehicles last year i'm like <laughs> You know, they're just costing us money. Like we could rent yeah, them out on tour or something. I, I, I love. You know what I'm seeing a, a pattern from you guys though is like any like new information or anything that you think you just go and do and try. Mm-hmm. Like I it think, doesn't scare us. I mean, yeah. it should, but no, we're like, well, okay. No, keep doing. Why not? I like it's it. It's awesome how like in tune you guys are with each other. I think that's so cool. <laughs> well, you. good. Sometimes sometimes we need that reminder <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes it feels like we butt heads a lot. Yeah. Um. Because we That's always healthy, just have ideas, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it is good. Yeah. Well, and Taylor's more patient. I'm the impatient one, and so you know, I'm like, "Come on, let's do it." And he's like, <laughs> "You know, just slow down for a minute." And I'm like, "If you tell me to slow down one more time, you know, like that's, that." Kind that's of how stuff. me and my wife. We are, are recording I'm this right impatient. now, right? Yes. Yeah, so we did <laughs> just get that. We did. Okay. We get, I'll send you a copy. <laughs> Wonderful. I'll just. I'll actually. Can I'll just set that as my ringtone now. <laughs> He's more patient. He's more patient. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, the second question is, what is one principle you strive to live your life by? So, this one was the one I think that I answered. So, um, my my dad growing up, like, he was, he didn't have anything. And he had seven brothers and sisters. And so, his big thing was always, like, don't depend on anybody. But it's, he, he couldn't depend on anybody. His mom was a single mom. And, you know, like... Everything that dad has, I mean, he has had to work for mm-hmm. big time. Um, and so that's kind of whenever I came into the relationship, I'm like, you know, I, I don't need you. I mean, I want you, but I don't need you, you know, and like all of this stuff. And and Taylor is very like nurturing and very caring. And he's like, but but I, I want you to need me and to mm. depend on me. And I want to be that person for you. Um, and so I still have my moments, you know, where I'm like that little miss independent, you know, kind of thing. But, um, I have, you know, I, we, we don't depend on anybody. I mean, you know, other than each other, you know, we don't, we don't ask for, for anything or we don't want, want to be given anything. So I still feel like I, 
have that instilled in me, but it's a softer version, which, you know, I think is, it's always good to be a little more in the middle than instead of like, so one way or the other, right, right. you know, so. what about you, Taylor? Yeah. Thanks for that, honey. Oh, well, yeah. Again, just, you know, that clip to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So on, on that, I, you know, like, I think it, it's good to kind of have that as a baseline, you know, like, you know, if you want something done, you, you need to do it. But, you know, I think that is a little bit of, you know, and like what I was trying to tell her too, is I'm like, I think it's a little bit of a scarcity mindset, you know, like if you want to grow and build things, you, you do have to depend on others, mm-hmm. but as long as you can pick the right people or equip them, um, with the right things and, um, you know, get get good people with you then then you can depend on people or like you guys were saying have systems in place to where where you can grow and and depend on people but you kind of have that hold a little bit right right Mm -hmm. um did we which question did we just ask Uh, number two we did ask number two okay so we're so good at answering questions (laughs) oh question number three what's the greatest piece of advice you've been given no, I don't even know what I put. Isn't that funny? I, th- I think you. I, th- I. I think uh, before when you had sent that to me, you'd uh, see, <laughs> mixed it. But that's. Around. But that's okay. There we go. So see, I've already. I've already answered it. No yeah. wonder you were confused. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like we. I don't know if there's like one thing, because we were like we listen a lot. So it's like if anyone is like willing to give advice or share their experience or whatever like we are all ears cool um we may and that's i remember when we first got married too is um like so many people were telling us what to do and how to do things and i remember telling my dad like because you know he's very much about giving advice and everything like that too and i I remember telling like we will always listen to what you have to say or what other people say we may not implement everything you're Uh saying but we will always listen yeah and that's kind of you know, we've just, we take a little bit from each person or every, every encounter we have, we, mm-hmm. we soak a little bit in. Um, it's not like we're just gonna like totally be like, oh man, everything they say is great and yeah. all this kind of stuff. We just take what fits and, and use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I think that that's been good because then like we're our own people, we're independent thinkers, um, but we but can use what. we're not too what, good to take advice. Oh no, definitely yeah. not. No, I think that's important. I, I do that with a lot of books I read all the time, and I'll just mm-hmm. take like a little bit from this book, a little bit from this book, and kind of mm-hmm. put yeah. what I like all together. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, for sure. So how can people find out more about you too? Um, so prob- uh, Facebook is where um, we're at because Facebook is for old people. You now know by having <laughs> high school employees that Facebook is for old people. So yeah, I'm not on Snapchat, so I, yeah. I'm i old now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I did just create a TikTok. <laughs> But yeah, um, Facebook, like I said, is where we're at. Um, and then our shops in Fairgrove. Um, and then we have a website too, MonroeHouseBoutique.com. Yeah. Nice. And so yeah, MonroeHouseBoutique.com is a great way to find us online. And then if you want to come visit us in, in store, in person, um, it's just Fairgrove is 10 easy minutes up of 65 um, from, Springfield. from Springfield. So um, just right off of 65 there and and off of main street so yeah. yeah it's and it is fairgrove really is like the perfect little day trip because there um there are our shops there's two restaurants on the hill and then there's a great vintage store that's just up from us too and she's open every weekend so i need to swing by and check out your guys shop it is yeah it's, yeah it's just really fun and um 
it's like the perfect little like hallmark town. That is you a know? Fair Grove is a pretty cool town, and Fellows Lakes just right down the road in between. Yeah, yeah. my beautiful. wife would love to move to Fair Grove. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. And well, the school is really good too. Yeah, yeah. that's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, but so we'll add links in the description on mm-hmm. all that, so people can find you out that way. Um, well, we're gonna sign off. Tinley, you want to say bye? Say bye. Thanks for listening. Say bye. Can you say bye? No good. She's too shy. (laughs) All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Growth Circle Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, connect with Jake and John on Instagram at Jake Engledew and at John underscore the underscore builder. Until next time. 